0: Welcome to the Support Automation Show, a podcast by capacity. Join us for conversations with leaders in customer or employee support who are using technology to answer questions, automate processes, and build innovative solutions to any business challenge. I'm your host, Justin Schmidt. Lee Cockrell, good afternoon. Welcome to the Support Automation Show. Hey there. Good to see you. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Where's this podcast find you? I am in Orlando, Orlando. Florida, home of a, <laughs> a, a certain theme park that and I'm sure you're very familiar with. That's what I tell them. This is where magic lives, Orlando, <laughs> Florida. So Lee, to get us started, why don't you give us a little bit of your background and how you got to be where you are today and just the, the Cliff Notes version of the story.
1: Yeah, it's, uh, by accident, I think I grew up on a little farm in Oklahoma. Actually, we didn't even have indoor plumbing. I tell my grandkids that they don't even believe me but uh, it's true, although we were children, so we didn't know we had a problem. We thought it was fine, it's all, it's all we knew about. Then I had a dysfunctional family. My mother was married five times, I, she was busy, and I got adopted twice. I got my name Cockrell when I was 16, my husband number four, And I don't know why, but my mother had this idea. He was a doctor. I think she wanted to give me some presence in the world that we were somebody, (laughs) not from the farm. And so he had money. I got to go to college. So I went to Oklahoma State University for two years and promptly flunked out because I didn't go to class. And uh, then I went in the army. And that was the best thing for me. I was 20, went in the army and spent when I got out of the army, I'd met a guy in there and he said, You want to go to DC with me? And I said, Sure. I'd never been out of Oklahoma. And we went. I got a job as a waiter at the Washington Hilton, a banquet waiter. And it was good because I'd never been in a hotel. Somebody taught me the business there and I made a lot of money. Banquet waiters really crank it up. And so I did that for a couple of years. And then I got in a management train, training program at Hilton and became a manager in the accounting group and then I stayed with Hilton eight years from there to Chicago, to the Waldorf Astoria in New York, to Los Angeles. Then I joined Marriott for 17 years. And became the vice president of food and beverage operations for them worldwide because I'd focused on food right. and beverage. I was I'd been a cook, I'd been a waiter, I'd I'd been in accounting. That it just I always tell people become an expert in something. You can always get a job. <laughs> and then I got recruited by Disney in 1990 to go to France and open Disneyland Paris. Uh, all their food and beverage operations, and we spent three years there. And then I was brought back to Orlando to be in charge of all the operations at Walt Disney World, yeah, from dropping out to running Disney World, I tell people the, <laughs> the lesson there is don't underestimate what you can achieve because when you're twenty, I knew nothing, yeah, <laughs> but experience really pays
0: off it it does, and keeping your head up, your shoulders square, feet moving and and taking advantage of what life puts in front of you yeah so. I'm particularly interested in having this conversation with you because you have seen the evolution of customer facing customer experience at the some of the largest scale with you know literally one of the most famous brands on the planet and for, through the time of your career, you've seen the advent of a lot of the technology that's taken for granted today. So I think you're, in your experience, this is going to be a great jumping off point for this conversation. And that is when you think of automation in the customer experience, and specifically when you think of the automation that is required to manage at some of the scale that that you have, what do you think is the most influential bit of technology that was added to that discipline in your time at disney
1: i think the thing you got to really think about in all technology is making sure who you use it on and who you don't use it on because mm-hmm. uh, we have a lot of customers that are older and they're still not comfortable with technology and then we have all the young kids who they can do anything you want and so we've got to got we're going down that highway of 50 50 and it. It's getting more because people are getting more qualified to use technology. Technology's it made it possible for people to be involved in the attraction. Mm-hmm. With we can make it so real, you think the characters are right with you, and you can. And kids today, they want to. They don't just want to ride a ride. They want to do something. Thing. And But everything from how we keep in touch with our guests, how you know, on every reservations, how we, we've gotten so big. We had 52 million visitors last year. So we love it when guests can go online and make their own reservations and we don't have to. We can slowly reduce our 2,000 people in the call center. So all those things are making it more efficient. And But our business... Can only get so efficient because it's people. At the end of the day, uh, you want to see Mickey. You don't want to see some technology of Mickey, and right. you want to you want to meet Cinderella. And you so it's a fine balance. Uh, as people tell me, technology is getting so good that Mickey will probably talk to you before too long and understand what you said and be able to talk back. And the security of how you get your tickets and open your room with a wristband and those are all things that just kind of, everybody's doing a little bit of that. Hotels mm-hmm. and. Uh, trying to figure out how to do it better and quicker. And, but I think um, everything has gotten more efficient, but that's not always good. We're getting a lot of complaints, too, about that. What happened to the people? People still want to talk to the front desk person because they right. have a million questions. And a lot of companies are saying, go watch your TV. It'll answer. No, they want to talk to you. It's a, that's a big vacation to go to Disney. They're there a week. They spend thousands. And they want the people to help them enjoy the visit. And um, technology is not enough. They want to talk to that interaction
0: with. Yeah, it's the, it's the most magical place on earth, right? And <laughs> you want to experience that magic. One thing that I, I noticed on Carco Academy website, and I, I love this phrase. Like, I just absolutely love this phrase, and I would love for you to unpack it. The perfect day for your customers.
1: Yeah.
0: What is the perfect day for your customers, and what are some ways that we as leaders can? make that happen it's easy to think about a perfect day at at disney world right like your daughter gets to meet elsa and your son gets to meet luke skywalker or whatever and you you have this just this amazing day but not everyone has the luxury of disney world as the milieu for wit in which those interactions take place so i'd love to understand what a perfect day for your customers is and maybe a little bit about how you can imbue that outside of
1: I think somebody asked me, "What is magic?" And I said, "Magic to me is when it's still good." You can That's and that's how you have to think about your business today. If I yeah. go to my coffee place in the morning, it's quite magical. It's a, it's called Coffee for the Soul. It's uh, it's a Colombian coffee house. They have amazing food. The coffee is great. Everybody, when I walk in the door, they. Welcome Lee. You were early this morning. I have meetings there. I do work there. They I just I somebody asked me why I go there. I said, because it's better than where I was going. And it's great. And <laughs> um, I have a relationship with them. And they that's what it's about is being so good you can't believe it. You pull up in the driveway, the bellman open the door and welcome you and treat your kids and ask them about their baseball hat and where you're they look at the license plate, where you're from and mention that. And when you go to the front desk. We have a little TV cartoons in the lobby so mom and dad can register while the kids go over and get out of their hair. And When you answer the phone, the way we answer, I, I was telling somebody the other day, you, we answer the phone, we use the phone, and we make sure we understand that is a primary way today, tone of voice. Mm. That we're, it, 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 when you call us, we sound like we're happy you called us, like your grandmother calling. You don't act like, why, why do you bother me? Right. And uh, from the time you make a reservation to you arrive at a restaurant, to how you're greeted, and we don't have the hostesses over talking to each other like you do in most restaurants and not paying attention to you. And we say at Disney, fantasy is real and reality is fantastic. The reality is that people are paying attention to the customer, to you. That's We hammer that over and over and over again, because at the end of the day, that's all that matters. If you don't, the customer can easily go somewhere else. They can go to Hawaii, Vegas, they can go to New York, they can spend their vacation money. And we consider our competition anywhere you would spend your vacation money in the world, that's competition. And not universal, not World, just if you get to Orlando, we'll get our share. And so every we we really think about every interaction we're gonna have with you. When you get on, the bus driver has people singing on the bus at night coming back. Security kneels down and talks to your kids, they give them a little uh, security badge. And everything you do is got to be great. And I took the difference between average and great is everything matters. Everything matters.
0: <laughs> yeah, those it's the sum of all those details, right, creates this. It, it's interesting yeah. when you said like the the security guy kneels down and talks to the kids. That is when you're the family pulling into the resort, that may feel like a one-off thing, but no, that is part of the details that you guys are looking at and instilling in the culture so that that happens more often than it does not, and it's part of just this overwhelming attention to detail to create that perfect day.
1: Yeah. We train everybody to do it. And then we let them do it. We don't train them on everything they do. Just be nice, pay attention. Cause when you make kids happy, you make parents extremely happy. And then the kids make you come back every year and over and over again. And I don't know why every company doesn't understand there is no upside to not taking care of your guests and making them feel welcome and Quit everything you're doing when they walk in the door and focus on them. And let's just be crazy about, okay, the customer. I always tell people, I laugh. When I say, first of all, they have a credit card and we want it. So <laughs> that's uh, one good reason. And I tell everybody when you can't remember in your business what you do for a living, which is make money, just scotch tape a credit card on your computer and look <laughs> at it all day long. And to remember, You don't make money, you won't be open. And this, you know, or put a picture of your grandmother on your phone so you can look at it and answer the phone like you care about it could be your grandmother, it could be your sister, answer it like uh, you want to talk to them, you're glad, it's not an intrusion.
0: (laughs) You bring up a really interesting point because a lot of the people I talk to on this show are in some sort of... Either it's another SaaS company, or it's very like modern, modernized business where you know they have automated a bunch of stuff. But hearing you talk and thinking about my childhood memories of going to Disney World, which you know I'm 41, I still remember being eight years old and going down there. The attention to detail and just that obsessive focus on making sure that the families that are going there are having just the most amazing day. Really, it, it brushes aside all the debris and all the blockers from them using their credit card today, using the bracelet or whatever to, to just drive revenue for, for the organization. And again, whether you're Walt Disney World or your I don't know, AutoZone, you can still take that same approach, right? It might look slightly Absolutely. different, but the ideas and the impetus behind it is the same.
1: I would say one way you have to think about it is no different because think about when you go to New York and you go to a Broadway a hit show, one, that's really good. Yeah. Everything is in its place. Everybody knows what to say and do. The props are where they're supposed to be. The curtain opens at eight. O'clock. Everything matters. And when you're putting on a show, everything matters. So, uh, we all have to think when I answer my phone, I remember that people are going to either have a good impression of me when I answer that phone or they're not. Mm -hmm. And first impressions and you run into some guy sweeping the grounds at Disney, these custodial and they're nice and they give your kids some stickers and they walk you down to the bathroom to show you where it is. And people go, what? I can't believe it It happens because three reasons. I say we hire, right? We train, right? And we treat our people, right? Mm -hmm. And they want to make, they're proud of what they do. And when you got custodial people out there and they're proud of what they do and they're paying attention to the kids and they know they're part of the show. And, let me, and I always tell them, listen, everybody goes to the bathroom. So we're glad we got people <laughs> taking care of it because that's one place every customer will uh, see your business. Yeah, And uh, we just got to remember everything matters. That's all. If you want to be great, everything matters. If you want to be average, you can let things go.
0: Yeah, and being great, this gets to this concept of world class customer service, and I know you—you've got a book, The Customer Rules, and it's thirty nine essential rules. In fact, I can—I can see it there in the teal behind you. Yeah, it's so thirty nine of them. In your experience with working with organizations and, and and some of the training and other work you've done, which of those thirty nine? do you think is violated the most?
1: I think the first one is the most important. Remember, everyone is important. Mm. I asked my granddaughter when I wrote that book, she was 12, That's, she's 23 now. I said, Margo, what do you think is the most important rule in customer service? I need some help. And she said, Pappy, the first rule is be nice. Come on, that just takes nothing. But you're, you're not going to get nice unless you hire the right people. You train them. You're clear with them. Total clarity about behavior and how you clarity. Just like your mother was clear when you were growing up. She loved you, but she would kick your butt. And you learned from that. And I'm sure your mother said to you many times, when people come over, shake hands, don't I hang on to my leg and don't look down. And so we take people. We make them better than they were when they came in. And it really helps them their whole life. There's a lot of people are very introverted mm. today. It's... But after they work at Disney, they become extroverts because you can't get away from it. I had a college professor say, we sent you a student. He was an introvert. When he came back, he was an
0: extrovert. And I assume part of the challenge there is, especially if you're advising a larger organization, you're not going to be able to hand train all, however many hundred employees they may have in customer-facing roles. You need to train the, the leadership, you need to train the trainers, so to speak. In your experience, has the general attitude of the customer towards maybe some of the instant gratification you can get with, or maybe you've got like a chatbot that gives you instant answers or you've got a big old knowledge base on a website or something like that. Some of Have you seen a shift in the... Maybe desire for instant answers on some part being counterbalancing to this idea of making these magical moments and paying more attention to these details when your time, like the slice of time you have to make that impression maybe goes much smaller just due to the nature of the sort of fast response of everything today.
1: Oh, I think it, again, depends. The young people, fine. They'll use the chat box, go, blah, 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 go back and forth. No big. As long as we got our act together on our end, that it actually works and the website works right. and it doesn't get so fancy that uh, you click on it and you get all the music and all, but you can't make your reservation. And... Um, And then the older people, they still want to talk to somebody. And even today, if you if people send me a note and say, Lee, could I schedule some time to talk to you? Or can uh, can I send you an email about something I want? I tell everybody, make sure you have your phone on your email signature. Because I just pick up the phone, call them, and I'm done in two or three minutes versus all this nonsense going back and forth. And then they love me because they can't believe I called them. And there's no misunderstandings. And I can understand their problem versus trying to, a lot of people don't write very well. You don't know when I hear that. You got to hear the voice. You got to know, you know, anxiety. I'm upset. I'm good. And so I am, frankly, I, anybody calls me, I answer my phone. My phone is in my book. It's on my site, my everything. People say, why do you answer your phone? Nobody answers their phone. And I said, because I do more business. I don't want you calling somebody else you call me you book it with me you don't be calling somebody else because i didn't call answer the phone because people are impatient today they want it now right. and yeah and so i know that i book more business than most because i just i'm available people say how can you do that i say well why not just answer it i i'm not <laughs> you know just people call in my book it says call me i answer my phone and people call me I get calls every week and I say, what can I do for you? And they say, nothing. I just just wanted to (laughs) check. I wanted to check and see if you answered the phone. And I said, okay, thank you. But it gives me a lot of credibility with a customer that wants to book me. Yeah. They're under stress. They have the customers. They have a lot going on in their life. They don't need me to make it worse. Uh, So I, and the people I deal with, if you don't answer your phone and I call for service, I give you one hour when they say, we'll call you back one hour. and Then I go to another plumber or I go to another electrician or I go to another roofer. Right. And, and you i know, so you better not mess around today. You've got one shot and everything there's other people can do the work you do.
0: Yeah, exactly. Pivoting a little bit to leadership. And I want to touch on this with you because a lot of the people listening to this show are at, Mid, small to mid-size technology companies that are growing, you know, They're yeah. they're hiring people, They're you have people who are earlier in their leadership career and then further down the road, and they're new leaders, right? One of the things you mentioned on your website is you need to understand where to spend your time and expertise and surround yourself with people who fill in the gaps. What's some of the ways that someone can, what are some exercises or maybe the first step towards realizing what some of those gaps may be?
1: Yeah. I would say most people don't have self-awareness unless you have a a particular uh, good attitude and people trust you and they're not afraid to come to you. Mm -hmm. You know, that's half the battle is trust. In one of my books, I said, when you become a big deal, don't become a big deal. Don't think you're hot stuff. uh, Because nobody will tell you the truth anymore. They're not, they're not uh, intimidated by Lee Cockrell. They're intimidated by the office, the title of this guy. Exactly. And I had a, reputation anybody could approach me sometimes people wouldn't and I'd ask them if they'd talk to their manager and they said yeah and then a the manager would call me and say Lee why do they call you?" and I said well maybe you want to ask yourself that why don't they call you <laughs> because you're not available you don't get back to them you and you've just got to build up this like where you know what's going on and people come to you and they tell you and you listen and you don't bite the messenger get over yourself. That's the problem with most places. Intimidation. What, ha, what mood is the boss in today? They ask right. each other. Come on. You're only in one mood when you're, and you should only be in one mood for your children too. Not, they shouldn't be scared of dad. and you know, A lot of kids are scared of their parents. And it's got to be a decent environment and culture where people trust you and they feel like uh, they're part of it. I tell nobody, I, I, ne- I never want to be the boss. I always told people, I'm not the boss. I'm a teacher. Mm. Uh, You know, we sat at a table with seven people reported to me, I'm here to make sure we make the right decision. And I don't want people not telling me because I get fired. And people say, what'd you do at Disney Lee? I said nothing. I just had great people who advised me and I listened to them because they were better at what they did than I was. And uh, that's the biggest problem. Most advisors don't listen to the people advise them. Especially men, we all think we know more than everybody else, and we're smart, and we got ego problems and insecurities, and we don't want we don't want people to know we don't know what we're doing. (laughs) And you got to be there for people.
0: You do. By the way,
1: your reputation arises before you do. Everybody already knows if you're a jerk or if you're a good guy. Everybody already knows. They've checked up on you before they even come to see you, and we think they don't know. Everybody knows.
0: Yeah, that's exactly right. There's a certain amount of really like hard unglamorous work you have to put in on yourself as a leader to always make sure you are open available that you you're aware of maybe the gravity that the title you have has on people and you have to work to overcome that and it's very easy to take the lower effort approach to not do that. And when I think of some of the best bosses I've ever had and something that I try to aspire to do with with my team is just be as available as possible. And I loved what you said about you're sitting around a table with seven other people. I mean, you, you said it, you said, we are trying to make the best decision here, right? Not me, not I, it's we.
1: Yeah, and why wouldn't you want to make the best decision? I'm going to want to make the wrong one like they do every day in business and government and Congress. And, yeah, it's it's just you got to put your ego away. And I'll tell you one reason we've got a lot of problem in the world mm-hmm. with people, leaders and parents. People don't feel good emotionally, mentally, and physically. And when you don't feel good, you are not the nicest person in the world and you're tired and you're not focused and it's hard to pay attention. And the number one reason, in my opinion, in the world is people are not getting enough sleep. They're all screwed up. They drink too much, They eat too much, They eat too late. They wake up, they don't feel good. And I've, I've been look, looking at that deeply. How you feel is how you really how you make. We all know oh, yeah. when we feel up, wake up in the morning, feel great. Oh, man, we get everything, get the garage cleaned out. take the kids for a ride or blah, blah. And then those other days. Oh man, then you get in an argument with your wife and you didn't do this and you're sitting on the couch and you don't wanna, it's a real issue. Look at the health of people in this country. People are not, I bet you productivity is 20 or 30% below what it should be because people don't feel well. And a lot of anxiety now too.
0: What's interesting thinking about this from a customer experience perspective and a support perspective, if you aren't feeling your best you're not going to be able to imbue and train your team to feel their best who then won't be at their best when they have that interaction with a customer. And in a world where you have an opportunity to be at your best with a customer who, like you said, and and all of us over the last two years of stress and anxiety, what we've been living through, you've got a real opportunity to create a nice little magical moment with that person because here they're calling because they need a return a product or they can't log in or whatever it is and the self-help stuff failed and they have to talk to an agent. That agent is feeling their best because that agent was empowered to feel their best by their manager. Now you've got this opportunity for that agent to create this sort of moment with that person calling in versus the very clinical sort of, you know, click, login reset your path, whatever the, you know, tactics of the thing that they're trying to do. is. I had
1: one yesterday where the lady was telling me something I just spent $7,000 on hot water heaters and blah, blah, blah. And then I was having a little problem with that night. She was telling me we're going to come out, been installed for five hours. We'll cut them out. And if it's not covered under the warranty, $129 chart, I said, what are you talking about? This just happened. She said, well, we have to read this spiel what i read the spiel and it was just nonsense and that's why my wife had a situation with amazon that's why my wife amazon comes to our house every day by the way every day same here yeah and she bought a set of china and one of the bowls was broken a 65 dollar bowl when it came she caught a hold of amazon or sent a note and they called her back in one minute she explained to the lady uh, what happened the lady said i can give you a new bowl or i can give you a credit for 65 dollars. which would you like and my wife said, my husband's writing a book about customer service. How were you able to make that decision? She said, we only have one policy at Amazon, make the customer happy and you have the authority to do it. You don't have to check with anybody and you can't find the manager anyway. So that's like, he's in the cafeteria. You got to give people authority, training and then give them authority. That's it. Authority. Most people don't have any authority. Think of all the places you call, nobody can do anything. They don't yeah. have a clue. And they've been there for two days and they don't even know where their uh, water fountain is. So you, you got to really take the time, this education, experience, and exposure. We've got to get people that really give them the authority. Here's what you can do here. Just like you do with your kids. Mm-hmm. You're clear with your kids, what they can do, what they can't do, and when they get outside of what they can do. You bring them back in line and you, as they get older, you expand their authority, their ability to make decisions. You don't go on their dates with them when they're 15, you got to do them business, train them, you know, keep training them, be a good role model. Cause that's the best training. So people know you're, you're, you're telling the truth that you really do want to give people authority. And by the way, good people, well-trained will do a better job than you will, Right? they'll become, ex- they become experts at what they do in the organization.
0: So. When you said education, and exposure, and uh, what, was, what was the third one?
1: I call it my three E's. If you want excellence, you get education, exposure, and experience. Experience, we all learn more through experience than we did in school. And exposure, yes, you appreciate people. I've been in 45 countries now. I have no bigotry in my bones. I have no racism in my bones like I did when I left Oklahoma in the 50s before civil rights was passed. And I went to a segregated school because exposure changes you it changes you dramatically. And that's why you want your kids to get so much exposure when they're young so they grow up appreciating and respecting everybody. And uh, this is one of the biggest problems we have in America right now. People are not exposed, they don't know.
0: They, and even in, in just, if we myopically focused on work settings, there's a lack of exposure to the, education and building the experience so that someone then ultimately has the authority to make the decision then and there to, to make that delightful experience. And I think my read on the situation, and again, this is just, I'm not sorry, looking at especially some larger organizations, they look at the investment required to hit those three E's and look at it as a cost center rather than a revenue driver, and then they just never invest in it.
1: Here's, here's how you got to think about that. You have children? I do. Don't educate them, Hmm. see what happens. Then you're gonna have to go visit them in the penitentiary, you're gonna have to get them a lawyer, you're gonna have to get them out of rehab, you're gonna have to get them, this is the most absurd thing, don't train them. It's unbelievable. If you train your people, you probably need one person instead of two. This is, companies are out of their mind. Can you imagine, even imagine not educating your children? (laughs) and giving them experience and exposure. You take them different places to get them different experiences. You get them exposed, you might take them on a trip, uh, uh, see different places, take them to New York, take them to Louisiana and see the difference. This is like absurdity. And that's why I worry about a lot of leaders and major companies, what are you thinking about? You cannot execute well if you don't have the, hire the right people, train them and treat them right. If you're not treating me, I'm gonna give you just enough to keep my job and not a bit more.
0: Right. Especially in a world today where career mobility and the job switching, great resignation, whatever they call it, like all time highs and all these we've hit effectively the lowest unemployment can possibly go. And you're so right. And this is not something that is talked about enough is there's a fourth E that's a counter that's like this sort of uh, red herring, if you will, and that's like efficiency, where people will, at the expense of education, exposure, and experience, will drive towards efficiency, losing those other three. And Which you, is
1: false. False which which is efficiency. False. Exactly. You know, at the end of the day, and by the way, employers are going to learn the hard way right now, You better treat your people right. You better train them right because you ain't going to have anybody. (laughs) They're going to learn the hard way. They got away with this for many years and that's over. We're never going back to the times when people are going to put up all this nonsense and get treated badly and not get developed and not get trained and have a career and a life. It's not going to ever go back.
0: No, never. it's not. 100% agree. Because young
1: people won't put up with this nonsense.
0: Exactly. Lee, this has been an amazing conversation. I could talk to you all day. But I want to be respectful of your time, so I want to-, I want to I'm want to retired,
1: start... by the way, so don't worry about that.
0: <laughs> I'm a little jealous. One of these days, I'll, I'll join the club there.
1: You'll enjoy it. I recommend it, actually. Yeah. My
0: dad, after he retired, I, I remember calling him. It was like, a, I don't know, a couple months after he retired. I was like, hey, Dad, what's going on? just talking to him. And I got the feeling after chatting with him that I don't think he was 100% sure if it was like Saturday or Wednesday. <laughs> oh, no, you just... never.
1: I'm never. I never know what dad is.
0: He was just enjoying himself, and I was like, "Dad, what day is it?" And he's. And I just had a good laugh. When you think about the future of the customer experience and customer service and creating those moments of magic and all that, in terms of where you see things are headed, based on your conversations with organizations and, and, and the students and curriculum you put forth, what has you most excited about? where we're going in terms of how we are able to manage customer expectations with the tools and technology we have, and maybe what's something that gives you a little a sense of pause and concern?
1: I'm like, I think we're going to see a time when people are giving a lot of latitude to how they work and where they work. We're seeing that already. Right. And the companies that get it right are going to have great service, great repeat business. They're going to have a great reputation and the ones that don't get it right are you're going, they're going to disappear, frankly. And the big companies are going to have to really get on this because they have these big mission statements and vision statements, and we take care and we save people's lives and all. And you can't find anybody in the company that even knows what that is. They don't care. They hate their boss. They hate their job. They hate. Right. Uh, and so we're going it's we're gonna see a big change which is good for me because I do training on this around the world and people, I get calls every day now because people are, are, they're scared of what is going on there's people we're seeing restaurants can't open we're, the bank's still not open people yeah. don't have any people and it's going to happen more i think about the pharmaceutical companies that need really smart scientists and they need this brain power and if they don't have them they can't grow they can't move they can't come up with new drugs they can't so we're going to see a lot of more focus i think on people remembering everything in your life is about people. Hmm. I told Chick-fil-A, it's not about the chickens, it's about the people. We got plenty of chickens. We just don't have plenty of people. And
0: Yeah, you guys got the sandwiches figured out. Yeah,
1: (laughs) Chickens can't leave. And when they do, it's a different way. And we just got to get refocused on that. You can't make mowing your lawn more important than your children. You got to pay attention. You got to be with them. And they got to grow up and think you're the best thing that ever happened. And they got ethics and honesty and everything is from you. And they're watching you. And this is what's going to happen. We're going to see a major cultural change. And we're going to see companies going under because, And it's, but it's, I think it's exciting because we're already seeing some places get a lot better with who's left. I tell people, quit looking for people, keep the ones you got. If I was in business, Dad would be sitting down with one person every afternoon, having coffee, making sure they were going to stay because you can't afford to lose great people. Look at, in IT, particularly. Oh, yeah. IT, everybody's getting hit hard. And even Disney's having trouble finding IT people and uh, all over the country. And these people are like gold. I had an electrician in my house today. You can't do that. By it. This guy, is, he knows what he's doing. The plumber knows what he's doing. I can't lose him if I have a company. These are the people that make your money for you. And so they're a lot of people are going to get treated a lot better in the future. They're going to have a better career. They're going to have more uh, opportunities. I mean. Yeah because as i said we've tried everything else now maybe we should take care of our people
0: yeah this has been a fantastic conversation lee i'm so grateful for your time Be- before yeah. we go i want to do one last question what's the and you also have some courses on time management in yeah. in your repertoire stuff yeah what's the one tip you could give people that if they start doing tomorrow will have an impact on their ability to manage their time
1: I would tell people time just get up in the morning, sit down and think about what you did yesterday and what you didn't do as well as you should have. And then put it in your day planner to fix it today and then think about next for 5 minutes or your responsibilities, your wife, your kids, your health, your in all those things that your mom and dad, your grandparents, are they going to need your need when they get older and assisted are you thinking about all the things that are going to come face to face with you. And I'm telling you, if they can, people can learn this time. It's like a math course. It's learned. It's you're not born Mm -hmm. disorganized. You become disorganized and there's so much coming at us today so fast that uh, we, and anxiety sets in and then we get paralyzed. You've got to get, you got to do this on purpose every day. I get up every morning. I get a list. Uh, today things tomorrow some for saturday and i work through the day and i check them off and when i'm let me tell you when you make that check mark you feel like a million dollars
0: feel accomplished yeah
1: most people don't even know the responsibilities they have in their life like their retirement and their health and their exercise and their diet and sleep (laughs) (laughs) people are wondering why they feel like hell and they they say if you don't take the time to plan your life you're going to get to spend a lot of time living a life you don't want Mm-hmm. And that's what's happened to people. People are living a life they don't want. And they don't know how to get out of it because nobody ever taught them.
0: Love it. So Lee, thank you again for taking some time this afternoon to chat with us. For yeah. those listening, if they want to learn more about you and and, and what you do, where's some places they can go to find that?
1: By everything's on my website, com, And my cockerel Academy is there. Podcast, we have a podcast that's been going on for seven, eight years now, 400 episodes. Fifteen minutes every Tuesday. It's called Creating Disney Magic on leadership, management, customer service. It's free. And if you don't want to join the Cockrell Academy and get that free, and if you go back and start listening to them, you'll. We talk about anxiety, depression, how to fire people, how to hire people, how to. All the things i really learned over those 50 years of working for those great companies. And I knew none of this when I started. <laughs> Nothing. That's what experience does. Yeah. Love it. So yeah, go to the website. You'll find the books are there, whatever you're interested in.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much for your time, Lee. You have a wonderful afternoon and we'll catch you around.
1: Yeah, take care. Bye now.
0: Cheers. The Support Automation Show is brought to you by Capacity. Visit capacity.com to find everything you need for automating support and business processes in one powerful platform. You can find this show by searching for support automation in your favorite podcast app. Please subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. On behalf of the team here at Capacity, thanks for listening.